family, thank you for joining us in worship today, whether in person or online. I'm Caroline, and here's what's happening on the Hill. Are you visiting with us today or just new to Shelby Christian? We want to meet and connect with you. Please stop by the I'm New Wall located here in the lobby. We have a gift for you. Are you looking to get connected to one of our small groups or even sign up for a class? See Bobby and the team at the First Steps room also located in the lobby. Tuesday, our founding pastor, Kenneth Schaus, went home to be with the Lord. He followed a dream in 1968 and planted Shelby Christian Church. Brother Kenneth led the church from 1968 to 96, and everything we are is built on his shoulders and hard work. There's a memorial stone in our courtyard, so we never forget his leadership. Rest well, faithful servant. We continue to see an explosion of spiritual growth through baptisms, and last week, Katie and Seth made the decision to follow Christ. We walk beside you in your spiritual journey. Activities for all ages, so stay connected with us by following us on our website, shelbychristian.org, and on social media. Good morning, Shelby Christian Church. How you doing out there? Y'all look good. I hope you had a great week this week. I want to just invite you to stand and worship the Lord as I, uh, I want to just read this real quick. It's in 1 John 5. It says, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. We're going to sing about victory this morning. And I love the bridge of this song is that we will praise him even in the waiting. Man, that's powerful this morning. So let's sing How can you put your hands together? My God will finish what he started. He holds the world within his hands. My God delivers on a promise. Nothing's greater than him. My God will break down every stronghold. Jericho walls don't stand a chance My God can conquer any giant Nothing's greater than Him Nothing's greater than Him Victory is yours Though the battle ain't over And the glory is yours, amen With hands lifted high, I'll be 
we sing it through the fire My God, He's not finished yet
when death was arrested and my life began. Oh, your grace, sun free, washes over me. You have made me new, now life begins within. It's your I'm a prisoner no more. And my shame was ransomed. He canceled my debt and he called me his friend. With that was arrested in my life. Criminal's cross. Oh, darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. That's when death was arrested in my life. introduce you to Chance Smith. He is the son of Jerry and Jamie Tipton, and man, God is doing great things in that house. Um, today is a special day. Chance, is, this is his 13th birthday today. 
And if I believe so, he, he told us that he wanted to wait for today so he'd always remember the day that he accepted the Lord. So it's an amazing thing. You ready? All right. Repeat after me. I believe. I believe. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Christ. Son of the living God. Son of the living God. And I accept him. And I accept him. To be my personal Lord and Savior. To my personal Lord and Savior. Because your confession, Chance, I will now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit for the remission of your sins and a gift of eternal life. Discipleship pastor at Shelby Christian, and um, I want to remind you in a few moments we'll be taking communion. We have communion stations around, a little piece of bread and a piece of juice and some juice on top, along with the offering boxes for those of you that continue to support our ministry here. The year was 1866. The Civil War had just ended a few months before, and this little church in Richmond was still trying to grip with the destruction of their city and most of all the segregation that still went on in that town. In this little church, it was ancient church, had been there for a hundred years or so, this pastor was doing communion with his congregation. Now in their church, they did a little differently. You'd have to come up to the altar and the, the pastor would hand you the bread and hand, hand you a cup. And they never served communion just to one person. They always had to make sure there were two. And usually people in the front came first, but this morning when he offered communion, a black man came from the back of the church and knelt down at the altar. Now this was a white church. They had never been desegregated before. And the pastor kind of stood there for a moment thinking, one, he couldn't serve communion to this man alone because his... Their, their culture didn't allow that. At the same time, this was a black man who had infiltrated this white church. And suddenly, out of the congregation stood a tall, gray-haired man who walked down to the altar and knelt down this, next to this black man. The pastor then decided, well, I might as well serve them both communion, and he did. You see, sometimes we forget, as 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six says, for wherever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We just sometimes forget that when we take communion, we are proclaiming the life and death of Jesus Christ. The funny thing was the, the elderly man who stood up and came down to the altar was Robert E. Lee. Let's pray together. Father God, we just praise you this morning. And I thank you, Father, that your church is open to all people, regardless of their race, Father. We know, Lord, that you said that there is no male, no female, rich, no poor, no Jew, no Gentile, but all are equal when we come to the table of Christ. Father, I ask that you continue to let your spirit just flow in this place. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
worship you. I worship you. You are here working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, healing every heart. I worship you.
that be your prayer this morning that you would allow him to do what only he can do God only what you can do Lord we lay it down we lay it down before you Lord goodness. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. We are in uh, the middle of a series called uh, Dive Deep, and we're talking about what it looks like to just live a more authentic life in the Lord. And, and here's one of the things that, that you may have since noticed, that I've noticed, is that it's it's, it's a real temptation for a church, for a community. We talked about, I talked about this last week for us to, to continue to grow numerically and with baptisms and, and, and all this. It's, it's so exciting. I think we have like six next hour. Isn't that, that's just amazing. I, I was thinking like uh, this month, I, I think I did the math right. If, if those six uh, more happen in the second service, so seven-ish today, we're like at 25 for the month of April. That's incredible, right? That's like, that means if we average 25, you guys are better with math than me. If we average 25 a month for 12 months, that's like 300, <laughs> right? So that's incredible what God's doing uh, here at this church. But here's what happens. Here's what like the, the um, anxiety of, of, of a pastor or of a leader of a church. It's like, okay, God, great. Now what do we do with all these people? <laughs> We've prayed for it. We've prayed for you to move in an incredible way. And so what happens is we, we have this like, okay, God, now we're responsible to help folks grow in their faith because that isn't the finish line. That's the starting point, right? It's this opportunity to say, okay, now I'm going to live this life in the fullness, right? With with Jesus. And I'm going to walk with him every day for the rest of my life into eternity. And so to do that, we have to talk about what it looks like to get deeper, in our spiritual lives, in our, in our walk with the Lord, and, and what it looks like to just live an authentic Christian life. It's not perfect, right? We all know that none of us are perfect, but if we're real, <laughs> if we're authentic, if we are just taking every day and the good and the bad and the ugly and, and walking in that, right, and just being the kind of person that God's called us to be, that's going to be a blessing for us, for our families, for, for our church, and for our community, for those who, who come into relationship with us. And so today, we're going to look at what it looks like uh, in our prayer life. Now, let me, as soon as I say, um, all right, I want you to think about your prayer life. Who would say that you're completely and totally satisfied as you sit here this morning in your prayers, in your prayer life? Anybody got it all figured out with prayer? I don't see any hands going up, right? Because here's what happens. We, we struggle in this area. All of us do, if we're really honest. If we're being authentic, if we're being real, sometimes we struggle with, with what prayer is and what it isn't. 
uh, we're intimidated about. We're going to talk about all this this morning and see, hopefully by the end of this, you guys can walk out of here feeling a lot better. I want to hopefully release you into seeing this in a different way today. I remember... um, Bobby was kind of talking about this a little bit in his his communion meditation. I remember growing up here in this church. And one of the things that would happen is every Sunday morning, it looks, it would look a lot, it looked a lot different back then, right? We were over in the stew on a Sunday morning and there were pews, right? And, and there was always a, a communion table. You guys that grew up in church, remember this? There was a communion table down front and it had all the communion trays. It's similar to what they look like, the ones we, we used, still use, but they were all stacked up right down front. And there was like two big, you know, pews on each side and four men in suits, <laughs> ties and like to, to the nines, like, like they're going like to the derby every week, right? Like that kind of, like the four men would walk up and they would stand two on each side and they would pray before they would pass the communion down. You guys remember this? And when I was a little kid, I would sit in those services and I would watch those men come up and I would, I would hear their prayers. And, and guys, they, I mean, it was like, I didn't understand two-thirds of the words they used because it was like this King James version of, of praying, right? And it was this very, like, when I would hear them pray, our blessed heavenly father, you know, and like they would use all these words. Like, I knew those guys. And when I would talk to them out in the hallway, that's not how they talked. <laughs> but when they would pray, it was like, whoa, that, that's impressive. And that's, that was very spiritual. And it was like, I, I admired those men and I looked up to those men. And here's what I thought as a little kid. I thought, man, if that's how you have to pray... <laughs> I'm never going to get there, right? If that's how you have to pray, I'm never going to get there. So maybe some of you guys have experienced some of that along the way. And you kind of got in your mind like this is what prayer is supposed to be. But, but really, what I want to show you this morning that it, it's, it can be so much more than that. We're going to look at the life of Jesus. And we're going to see how he prayed how he valued pray, when he prayed, what he prayed about, and what that really looked like in his life. Because what you're going to see today is that Jesus prioritized the presence of God in prayer. He prioritized the presence of God in his prayer. Let me first talk about why we struggle to pray. Because when we see the the way Jesus lived, it it should encourage us to live like he lived and to, to love like he loved and to pray like he prayed. But we struggle with this sometimes. And so here's, here's a, a few, few reasons why we maybe struggle with prayer. Look at this first one. Why do we struggle with prayer? Well, sometimes we lack focus. A- any of you guys like this? Like you sit down, you, you find, you know, a, a place and it, it gets somewhat quiet and you're like, okay, I'm going to pray. And like, you think you're doing all the right things and five minutes in, you're like, the phone buzzes, or it's like, I forgot to take out the trash, or, oh, squirrel, right? And you just, you just, you, you lose focus. And you're like, and, and so it's like, what? I am the biggest loser. I can't even for five minutes stop and talk to God, right? It, it, there's so many other things. We live in a world where it's just kind of rapid fire, right? It, the tweet, the, 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 little, the, the little snippet on the video, like everything's in like 30 second increments. Everything on your phone is just kind of pop in, pop out. And it's like, we have this, we've just developed like a culture or a world of like ADHD, just all of us, right? And we, it's hard for us to focus for very long at all. And so when we stop and we sit down and it gets quiet and we close our eyes, fall asleep, you do whatever, you think about all these other things that are going on, it's easy for us to lack focus. Here's another one. Some of us maybe lack confidence. 
Like the guy, you know, the, the prayer, you heard, heard of, you know, a prayer warrior, you know, somebody, you've ever been in a situation where somebody prays and then like, and maybe it's your turn to pray and they've prayed this just incredible prayer and you're like, I got to follow that. Right? Like, I, I can't, I can't. And it's like, you think your prayer should match up to their prayer. You've heard other people pray out loud and you're like, like I said, if that's what it is, I can't do that. And so sometimes we can lack confidence because we don't really understand the essence of prayer. And then the last one is this. Some of us just lack, lack faith. Maybe just in a real honest moment, you're like, I don't pray because I don't know if it's effective. I, I don't know if it really works. I don't know, like, I, I, maybe it works for other people, but I don't know if it works for me. Because you've prayed before. You prayed for that loved one to get better. And like, you never prayed this hard in your life before, but you were praying and you were crying out to the Lord and you were pleading with him for someone else's life to be spared because of cancer or another illness. And it didn't happen. They just, they passed away. And you thought, well, I guess God didn't hear my prayers. You prayed, maybe when you're a young person, you prayed for your parents to stay together. You knew that they were about to get a divorce and you went in your room and you closed the door and you got on the, on, on the floor and you said, God, okay, I've never done this before. And I don't know how this works, but you prayed, God, I want my family to stay together. I don't want my parents to get a divorce. And it still happened, right? Maybe you're praying for your kid who's kind of like out there and they're trying to figure it out and they're kind of doing, they're making bad choices and you're like, you're praying, you're like, God, will they, I just pray they'll figure it out one day. And day by day, it's like, no, they still haven't figured it out. And you're like, well, maybe one day. And so you pray and you pray and you pray and you think, God, I don't know, am I not doing this right? You've, you've, maybe you've prayed for, for, for God to help you overcome something, some sin in your life, some repetitive sin, something that you're struggling with. And you've, you've been in, an on, in the most honest moment you could possibly be before the Lord. Out loud, you said, God, would you take this from my life? I am struggling with this sin. This is, this is, uh, this is eating me alive from the inside out. God, would you remove this? Would you remove this temptation? Would you remove this from my eyes and from my heart? And you prayed that prayer. And you still struggle with it, right? And so some of us, maybe it's that we lack faith because we don't really see God moving in the ways that we think he should move. And so we've concluded that it doesn't work for us. Maybe it works for other people, but it doesn't work for us. Let me tell you what prayer is. Here's what prayer's not. Prayer is not a formal presentation. You don't have to have a robe on, right? You don't have to be dressed in a certain way. You don't have to pray through another person. It's not a formal presentation. That, that prayer is not that. Prayer is not, a second one here, prayer is not giving God your wish list, right? It's not like the, that God has this cosmic Coke machine or the spiritual vending machine that you're like, I think I'll have this today from you, God, right? And you push the button and it comes out. That's not how, how this works. Sometimes we want to treat God like that, like he's this spiritual, like this genie in a bottle. Okay, God, I, I need this from you today. And you rub it, right? Here, God, make, do this trick for me. Do this thing for me. I, I, want, I have this spiritual wish list that I want from you, God. I want you to do this for me. Here's another. A prayer is not a spiritual negotiation. How many of you guys have ever done this? God, if you'll just get me out of this situation. <laughs> All right? God, I will never do this again. 
I'll never go back there again. I'll never hang out with them again. I'll never go to that place again. I'll never say that again. I'll never do that again. I'll never drink that again, right? I'll never do that again. If you'll just get me out of this, right? Spiritual negotiation, that, that's, not, that's not what it is. Prayer is not a show to impress other people. It's not this thing where you want others to look and you go, wow, that was impressive. I, didn't even, I don't even know what those words mean, but you, you nailed that prayer, right? It's not that as well. When we look at the way that Jesus lived his life and the way that he interacted with God, we're going to learn some really profound things. Prayer is not just an action that we do. It's a way that we live our lives. Jesus prayed and his prayers wasn't just a momentary action. It was in every aspect of his life. He prioritized the presence of God in prayer. You think about Jesus's life. You think about his ministry. Three and a half years there at the end of, of his earthly life, his ministry, it, things begin to get really crazy. He becomes really popular and people want to hear from him and people want to talk to him and people want to touch him and people want to sit and, and listen to him preach. And so thousands and thousands of people would gather every time they, the, he and the disciples would stop anywhere and people, the word was beginning to spread, right? Two, three years into his ministry and everybody wanted a piece of Jesus and he was with people a lot. But if you look at his life, what you'll notice is that all the time he would disconnect from the world. He would disconnect from the people and he would go spend time with the father. He would go early in the morning. He would get away and, and he would get away from the crowds and early in the morning when it's still quiet and everyone else is asleep, he would sneak off and he would pray. Late in the evenings when everyone else is getting ready for bed, Jesus would, would walk off and he would pray. He would go to the lake by himself and he would pray. He would go up into the mountains and he would pray over and over and over again in the New Testament. We see that Jesus would go by himself. He would continually disconnect from those around him so that he could fully connect to the Father. I listed just about 25. We won't read all these, but I want you just to kind of see some of the different, just in the New Testament, there's, 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 this is just some of the ones that are recorded. This isn't all of them, and they didn't record every time Jesus prayed. But look at some of the places and, and ways that Jesus prayed. He played, prayed at his baptism. He prayed after healing people. He prayed at night before choosing his 12 disciples, before feeding 5,000, before walking on the water, before feeding 4,000, you know, the next one. Time after time, before teaching, before raising Lazarus from the dead, laying hands on little children, right? In Gethsemane, before he was betrayed, right before he was nailed to the cross, while he's dying on the cross, in his dying breath, right? And then when he comes back and he eats with the disciples after his resurrection and blesses the food and prays. But over and over and over again, you see where Jesus modeled prayer. He prioritized it in every aspect of his life. It, it was not something necessary. There are a few that are recorded, but most of the time it was just he alone with the Father. Uh, maybe you have a, a place. Maybe you have a, a place in your home or somewhere you go. I would encourage you to do this, to find a place 
where you can go that, that is, we have a, a little chair with a little ottoman in our living room. There, we don't have a TV in that room. And so it's kind of in the corner and it's a comfortable spot that I've found. And so a lot of times I'll just go sit there um, in the mornings when I'm actually when I'm home during the week on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, some writing sermons. I'll sit there and pray and think. Sometimes in the afternoon when I get home, if I get home before Melinda and the boys, I'll just kind of sit there and kind of just turn, you know, push my phone away and kind of just zone out and just pray and kind of just sit and think and listen. And it's quiet. You just kind of need, do you guys ever get to the, the point in, in your day where you're just kind of peopled out? Like, you're just kind of like, I need to disconnect. I love people, right? I want to know about everything going on in all of your lives. But at some point, you just kind of get peopled out. Can I just be real honest with you? You guys get like this. We all get like this. I just need a moment, God, to just stop. And maybe it's not I'm talking to God as much as God. I just need, I'm just going to listen. I'm going to listen to you. I'm just going to be quiet. And there's not much rattling around up in here, right? I'm just going to like, God, you, what are you, right? What are you doing? Where are you moving? What do you need to tell me? What do you need to convict me of? What do you need to point out? What do you need to encourage me with? Maybe you have a place. Find a place where you can disconnect from the world. Jesus was always prioritizing the presence of God in prayer. Jesus modeled this truth. Prayer is much more than something we do. It's a way that we live. It's so much more than just an action, though. It's so much more than just a place. We'll talk about that here in a second. Um... Maybe, you're, maybe this is your thing. You, you say this. Well, I love to do all those things you're talking about. I love to do, prioritize this. But I just don't have the time. I, just, I feel like every day is so busy. And I get to the end of the day. And it's like, and you get to the end of the day, the end of the week, end of the month. And you're like, I don't know if I really prayed much at all. That's why I'm, we all said that we all agreed at the beginning is like we could do so much better. Right? And you're like, man, I, not only can I do so much better, I probably just need to start. <laughs> right? Some of those could probably be there. And so we say, I just don't have time. Here's what I would suggest to you. Here's what I would encourage you with. You don't have the time not to. You can't afford not to pray. What do you got going on that's so important that you can't can't stop and connect, right, with the creator of the universe, who just simply wants to spend some time with you and you're too busy, (laughs) right? I'm too busy. God, I ain't got time for you today. What do we got going on that we don't prioritize time with the Lord? What do we have going on that's more important than inviting his power and his presence and his strength? (laughs) Could you use a little bit of that? And so... Today, tomorrow, this week, when you're like, oh yeah, like, what do I got going on that's so important? Maybe you have some really important stuff going on this week. And I guarantee you, none of it is as important as the time you'll spend with the Lord. And so why don't we prioritize it the way Jesus did? We need to wrestle with that. Do you think that you can handle everything this world's going to throw at you this week on your own? Do you think that everything that this, because this world's going to come at you like barrels blazing with all it's got, and you think you can just stand there and take it on your own, and then we wonder why we're failing. It's because we haven't taken the time to connect with God. 
As followers of Jesus, he taught us that we must live in this world, but we cannot be of this world. We must be completely effective in this world. We have to disconnect it from it from a time. Here's what I wrote. He said, there are some times when we must disconnect from everything that does not last because there's everything that you see, everything you experience, this, this doesn't last, right? And so we have to disconnect from all of this to connect to the one who does last, Right? We have to sometimes set the temporary stuff of this world to the side to connect with the only one who is eternal, right? What could be more important than stopping to do that? Prayer is so much more than a momentary action. For Jesus, prayer was the way that he interacted with his Father every day in every moment of his life. Look at this passage. I love this. This is from the message. Uh, this, uh, the message is a pr- paraphrase, so it's not word for word. Uh, Eugene Peterson did this several years ago. And so this is a paraphrase, but he puts it in kind of simple, easy language. And I, I love to read it sometimes. And here's what he says. He says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet place. Uh, a secluded place so you will not be tempted to roll. I love that. So you will not be tempted to roll play before God. Just be there. As simply and honestly as you can manage. Simple. What's prayer? It's just simple. Simple words. As honest as you can possibly be before the Lord. Before I go on. Sometimes we say, well, why, why do I need to say these things out loud or pray these things? Like, God already knows. Right? He's God. He knows what's going on in my mind, in my heart, in my life. Like, he already knows. And I thought about that this week. Here's what I've, I've noticed in my life, just raising our boys. A lot of times, when they come home in the afternoons, I'll say, hey, how was your day? How, how was that test? How did, how did things go today? You know, we know some, how the project go, whatever. And, and I already kind of know because Melinda and I will text back and forth before the boys even get home about how things were. And I'll, I'll kind of get a heads up on what to expect walking through the door, right? And so I kind of know good mood, bad mood. I need to pump up. I need to put, you know, to kind of knock them on the head, whatever I need to do, right? And so um, I'll kind of know. But, but, but when I ask Braden, hey, how was your day? How was fourth grade? It's not that I don't already know a little bit about it. I just want to hear him. I just want to hear from him. I just want to connect with my son on that level. Hey, buddy, tell me about your day. I want to see what he says, how his eyes bright, light up, right? What he gets excited about, how he would verbalize those things. And so it's the same thing with our Heavenly Father, Like, he knows, but he just wants to hear from you. He just wants to hear from his kids. He just wants to connect with us in that intimate way. And so find a place, be simple, be honest. The focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense his grace. Jesus got alone to pray. Make it a daily priority to get alone with God, to block out the noise, to eliminate the distractions. If you need to, take your phone and throw it in the toilet, right? I don't know. Like, like eliminate the distractions. That is so much easier said than done, isn't it? Why is this so important? Here's a deep truth. Look at this next one. Intimacy is never accidental. Intimacy with God is going to lead to an authentic authenticity in our lives. But intimacy with God, is, it's never accidental. All right? When, anyone that you are close to in a relationship here on earth, it takes time. It takes effort. 
It takes work. It takes being in their presence, right? Like, intimacy, closeness with someone, it doesn't, we just don't stumble into that. We have to work at those relationships. And it's the same way with God. Like, if it's not something that's a priority, it's not going to happen. And so intimacy is never an accident. What should we pray about? Well, I listed a few things. Pray about the things that are on your mind and are on your heart. Like I said, God just wants to hear from us. He wants to hear from you. Pray about the things that you're excited about. Like, what is it that's, that like, you've got going on that you're really excited about God and he, you recognize that whatever that is, is a blessing from him. And so you're just sharing with God the things that excite your heart. Pray about the questions you have and the doubts that you have, right? God's big enough to handle those things. And so if you're struggling with your faith, if, you're, if you have a big question, pray, Pray to God about that. Share with him your doubts. Share with him your concerns. Pray with him about the things that burden you. He wants to know about what burdens your heart. Pray about your sins. Pray about the things that are in the deep, dark crevices of your heart that that maybe you haven't even noticed yet. God, would you point out, if there's any, any place inside of my soul that is not pleasing to you, would you point that out to me? Would you convict me of that sin so that I can ask for forgiveness? Pray about your sins. Pray for other people, right? I know without a shadow of a doubt that there are a few people that are praying for me on a regular basis, right? I guarantee if you, if your mama's still on this earth and she knows the Lord, I guarantee you she's praying for you every single day that you are on her heart and on her mind. Pray for other people. Here's another from the message. I love this next one too. It says, Philippians 4, 6 and 7, it says, don't, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. I read that, just that sentence, and it's like, okay, God. Because all of us on some level are worriers. Some of us say, I'm not really that big a worrier. Some of you say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge worrier, right? And God's word says, instead of worrying, Pray. Let petitions and praise shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. Anybody ever need to just be settled down? Somebody looks at you and says, you just need to settle down. That's, you get mad, right? You, you have to get like, don't you tell me to settle down? I'll punch you in the face, right? But when God says, like, hey, just settle down. Just settle. Take a deep breath. And don't worry. And talk to me. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. <laughs> so whatever it is that, that you're struggling with, whatever it is that, that you're working through, walking through, Give it to the Lord and and replace it. Allow Christ to displace that in your life. That's what Philippians 4 says. If it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. Talk to him like he's a close friend because he is. Share the good. Share the bad. Share the ugly. Share all of it with him because he can handle it. Pray about developing an intimate relationship with the God of the universe. But again, why do we struggle? Here's... Here's a, here's a suggestion about why we should look at this next picture. You guys remember these? 
like old school, this was old school TV dinners. They still have this around now, right? Like you can get like the food prep stuff, like you can get the healthy stuff now and, and like it'll come in a box in your, at your house and like you get these trays of food and you just throw it in the, in the microwave for a few couple minutes and like you're ready to go with food or whatever, right? Well, this was kind of one of the old school like uh, TV dinners, I used to call them, I think, right back in the day. And so here's what happens. I, you got your food here. I think this is food. Like this is your, this is your mystery meat. Don't really know. Could be turkey, could be chicken, whatever you want it to be, I think, right? That's down here. You got your peas, okay, you can smash those. You got your, your mashed potatoes up here, all right, that, that, okay, that may be okay. But I have no idea what this is in the middle. Like, I, I don't know, it's, it's a mystery thing. Like, I, maybe it's for your dog. I don't know what that is, right? Brownie, maybe? Yeah, maybe it's your dessert. Mmm, looks delicious, right? But, but here's what happens. We like to compartmentalize our lives as much as we compartmentalize our food, right? Like this is, this is church and this is work and these are my friends and this is like family, right? And so we compartmentalize everything and we say, well, when I'm doing church stuff, when I'm at church, in my life group, doing my Bible study, that's prayer, Right? And so I'll keep that in this little box over here and do that because it's this action that we do. It's this thing that we do that we compartmentalize it. All right. How many of you hate it when your food, like when you, at Thanksgiving, when you get all the stuff, who hates like when, when your food starts to touch? Who's I hate my food to touch? Okay. There's like, there's those people like, I hate my food to touch. Right. And you hate it all to go together. Right. And so, but here's what I want to encourage you like with your life is like, it's not just this compartmentalized thing where this is here and this is here and this is here and none of it touches it's like no god you are a part of all of this and it's not just an action that we do it's the way we live our life here's another deep truth look at this next one god can't be compartmentalized and he will not stand to be marginalized why why do some of you feel like you, you just don't feel as connected to god as you know you should be I would suggest that maybe it's we've done a little bit of this we've kind of tried to say God you stay over here and like you treat him like a pet when you leave you put him in the cage when you come back home you let him out right God you stay over here in your little compartment and when I need you I'll let you know that's not how any of your other relationships work why would we think that it works in our relationship with God. He can't be compartmentalized and he won't be marginalized. So when you look at the way that Jesus lived and the way he practiced the presence and the priority of prayer, it changes the way that we pray. Let me show you something. We kind of wrap this up. I want to show you guys something, a, a powerful verse that used to freak me out because it's, it's really intimidating. And I, I never, how can such a short verse be so intimidating. But here it is. Now, I put it in three different... If you ever want to kind of just say, hey, I learned a, mem- a verse from the Bible, learn, learn this is pretty pretty easy one to learn. I put it in three different versions for you. Here's what 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says. It says, never stop praying. That's the New Living Translation. New NIV says, pray continually. And then the King James Version says, pray without ceasing. And I used to hear that. I used to read that. I used to go to camp and they'd say, hey, here's some memory verses that we're going to learn for the week. And one of the first ones they'd give you was this one because they'd, they'd give it to the boys. 
Because the boys, you know, we were like, the girls were always a lot better at memorizing memory verses. Hey, hey, try, try this one first. And I would read that and I was like, pray, and it was using King James, pray without ceasing. I'm like, well, how, how? I can't, right? I can't even do it for five minutes, much less without ceasing. And it wasn't until I realized that it wasn't talking about like that you're on your knees in that place, right? And everything's quiet, like that, 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 that kind of prayer. But it was this idea, it was this thought that you could have this conscious, ongoing dialogue with the God of the heavens, wherever, when, whenever, however it happens, right? And so that as you go along in your day, you're praying, you're having this. And so I've noticed myself, some of you guys, I've noticed myself over the years just kind of having this ongoing conversation with the Lord in my brain, right? And people are looking like, who's that guy? Is he talking to himself? You know, what's, what, like, and so when I look at this and I think about this and I realize that, that yes, it's a, it can be a place and a time. It can be a very specific thing, but it, it doesn't have to be. When I noticed how Jesus prayed and when he prayed, it's not an action. It was a way of life. It was an ongoing awareness that God said he's never going to leave you and he's never going to forsake you. He's always there. You don't have to wait till Sunday morning at 930 to experience the presence of the Lord in your life. You don't have to do that. Quit doing that. He's there with you every single day in everything that you're going through. It's so much more. Prayer is living in God's presence. Prayer is experiencing God's grace. Prayer is hearing his whisper throughout the day. Prayer is enjoying his power, experiencing his peace, aligning your will with his will, delighting in the Lord and his heart. What changes, what, what, what excites his heart? You're aligning your heart with that. What convicts your heart of your sins? Praying for, to God for that. In the middle of your trials, when your heart breaks over things, that breaks his heart too, understanding that. When your heart rejoices over things, that brings him joy as well. And so prayer is so much more more than an action. It's a way that you live your life. Uh, let me close with a couple more things. Look at this one. This is uh, Philippians 4, 6 and 7 through um, the NIV. It says this. Don't be anxious. <sighs> right? Just take a deep breath. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. <laughs> Those are some big words. Like, like when the, the, a peace that transcends all. We don't even understand how all this works. God doesn't expect us to. He doesn't even want us to necessarily figure it all out. He just says, just don't be anxious. Don't worry. Would you just pray? Would you just talk to me? will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so, for, for all of us, when you feel like, man, I just, I'm struggling with the depth of my relationship with the Lord, my first question would be to you, how much time are you spending with Him? What's, what's that look like? How aware are you of who he is and that he is passionately pursuing a relationship with you? Where are you at? Where you got going on? 
I love this. You've maybe seen this on a bumper sticker, this last thing. Here's what it says. If, if, if you feel far from God, all right? If you feel far from God, guess who moved? <laughs> guess who moved? Like, he didn't move. He's everywhere. And so if you feel disconnected, it's your heart and your mind. And so prioritize the presence of God in your prayers. Recognize that he wants to connect with us. The God of the universe. The creator of everything seen and unseen. A God who transcends all of our understanding. We don't even get it. But yet he comes in and he says... Here's my son, Jesus. Live like he lived. Love like he loved. Sacrifice like he sacrificed. But pray like he prayed. He wants to commune with us. He wants to connect with us. He wants to know what's on your heart today. Why would we ignore that why would we push that to the side why would we say that that's not important that doesn't deserve your attention or your time would you guys pray with me god i thank you for today god i thank you for the people in this room god i thank you for the understanding that that you just simply want us to stop and to connect with you we get so consumed with this world. We get so distracted with the things going on around us. And there you are. In, in, in it, in all of it, in the middle of it, just wanting to spend time with your children. And so God, as we go deeper, as we say we have a desire to, to dive deeper, God, we want to be authentic Christians who connect with you all the time. Help us to to remove the guilt and the anxiety and the the things that, that sometimes surround our prayer life and to realize that it's just an opportunity for us and for you, for a relationship to go deeper. So God, my prayer is that every one of us would, as we leave this place today, would would recognize that and recognize where we can adjust and change and convict, be convicted of, of ways that we can connect with you this week in a, in a deeper way. God, do that for us. Do that in us. Do that in our hearts. Do that in our minds this morning. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you guys stand with me? We're going to sing this last song. If you want to pray with someone, if you have a decision on your heart, you need someone to pray with you, we got some folks over at our decision area. They'd love to connect with you this morning. Let's, uh, let's sing. shackles off my feet there's no sound louder than captives set free so let the redeemed of the Lord sing song sing of his promises and
If you want to come before you go to work, maybe that day there's going to be some folks in here praying stew and Dave will be here uh, to lead in the time of prayer. If you want to do that uh, Thursday morning before you have to work. Also that day, throughout the day, the auditorium is going to be open all all day. There's going to be prayer stations throughout the uh, room. There's also an opportunity over on the property next door to do a prayer walk outside. So anytime on Thursday, if you want to come over and pray during that day, we wanted you to know that's going to be available. And then Thursday night, there's going to be some time. Dave's going to, in the Thursday night worship service, we're going to take some time to pray as well for just the national day of prayer. When the whole country kind of just focuses on that for a little bit, right? But it's something that we're going to walk through and walk with every single day. Hey, you guys, let's get out of here. Let's go love God and love people and watch him change this world. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful week.